0: All right, and uh, I know Mark said that we didn't put him up to supporting Pastor Appreciation Month, but just in case uh, you're curious, me and Rebecca love Olive Garden, but we didn't put any we didn't put you up to it at all. But uh, just in case you're curious, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so neat to be able to share God's Word this morning. I love having the opportunity. I know some people say, "Oh no, I have to." get a sermon ready and preach, but I'll tell you what, that's one of the favorite things I have in life, is, is being able to minister God's Word. And so, can we do this this morning? Can we just start in prayer? Father, we just thank You, Oh that we can hear from You. God, that You use vessels like myself, You use Pastor Darrell and the pastors and this staff. God, we thank You for this church, God, and we thank You for the opportunity to be able to, Lord, serve You in this place. And God, this morning I ask that you would just bless this word, God. I pray that your spirit would be so a part of every word, God, of every point, God, of every purpose of this message, God. I pray that it would just be completely revolved around you, and Lord, that you would speak so clearly to the hearts of every individual in this room. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Can we do something this morning? Can we turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verse 16? Again, that's Luke, chapter 5. Verse sixteen. I'm actually really excited this morning. How many golf? How many golfers we have today for the golf tournament? Yes, yes. We are going to beat you. I just want to throw that out there. Not a big deal. I'm on Pastor Daryl's team. We have to win, right? We're no. Very excited. I've been praying all week for this. So we'll see what happens. I'm just kidding. No. It'll be fun. Luke chapter five, verse sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Fred's going down. So, <laughs> Luke chapter five, verse sixteen, it says this: Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You know, there's something interesting about starting with a verse like this because you may say, uh, "Is that how you start a message?" I, I was waiting for this this powerful verse that is just going to pop out and change my life, but. This seems like one of those verses that sometimes when we're reading, we just kind of pass by. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The message translation says, As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. It's a subtle statement like this, that if we would put our hands around it and understand it in our own life, it can change everything. We have many titles for this type of prayer time. We have many titles for these type of moments with God. Some people call it prayer time, some people call it quiet time. We've heard it referenced in scripture, and of course we even use today the secret place that we meet with God. But what I really felt in my heart to share this weekend as Pastor Darrell asked me to speak was do we go there ourselves? Do we meet with God? I know we have prayer time, of course, you know, before you eat, you have to pray. Before different things, you know, services and things, we pray. But do we as Christians go away to lonely places and meet with God? Now, in today's society and in today's culture, I felt it best to, to kind of identify this type of meeting with God as simply a meeting. Because everyone has meetings, right? I mean, everyone has jobs where you have to be at meetings or you have to go to school functions for your kids and you have to be at meetings. And even here at church, there's so many different things that go on that we have to have meetings for meetings and more meetings for other meetings so that we can accomplish what we are called to do. And we all can identify with meetings because there's times in our lives we have to be at them. But my question to you today is do you take time for the most important meeting the most important meeting, and that's to meet with God. I'm going to kind of go down, first of all, starting off this message in just several ways that, several reasons, rather, that we should meet with God and kind of those divine appointments. I'm not talking about before you eat. I'm not talking about just different prayers. I'm talking about meetings with God. Three reasons that we meet with God. And the first one is discipline. The first one is discipline. And I... I, I I was really hesitant to share this story because it's really embarrassing, but I I don't mind being embarrassed. I'm a youth pastor. I'm used to it. I was a senior in high school, and several of us went up to the parking lot because it was getting close to the end of the year, and it was time for a senior prank. I don't know if any of you were involved in a senior prank, but there was something about it that I said, when I do this, I'm going to go down in history. It is going to be the most amazing thing. I'm going to be proud of it for the rest of my days, but the fact is that is so not true. I'll never forget, we were in this parking lot, and it was about 20-some guys, and we're just, you know, by our cars, because we're cool, we have cars, we're seniors. And we're sitting there, we're like, what can we do as a senior prank that will just blow every senior prank out of the water? And we're just thinking, putting our heads together, and as genius as we we are, one of the kids said, you know... I think we should change into our boxers and run around the school." Okay, I'm the fat kid, okay? That that doesn't sound exciting to me, but at the same time I was like, this is gonna go down in history, I have to do it. And so, there I am with these twenty-some guys getting in our boxers, and there we go, we start running, and the thing that didn't really strike me as awkward uh, until I saw it was, I was reminded that our cafeteria is basically a glass box and it just so happened that it was a lunch period that we decided to be the geniuses that we were and so of course we're running by classrooms and everyone's looking out the window what in the world but the most <laughs> stupidest moment probably in my life was when I looked ahead and I saw about 400 some students sitting at their lunch tables jump to their feet and push their faces against those glass windows, watching and laughing and taking pictures and, ca- and using their camcorders. I, all this stuff was going on, and it was at that point in time, I was like, I am an idiot. <laughs> it was one of those moments that was funny at the time, but later that day when there was an announcement over the PA for several people to come to the office, I was one of them. And and granted, I've never been to the principal's office yet at this point because I'm a good Christian boy, right? What a stupid first mistake. (laughs) But there I was, called to the principal's office, and as he brought us in, obviously, discipline took place. And it wasn't a lot of discipline. It was just simply helping us to not do that again (laughs) or encouraging other students to not do that again. But, But it's interesting how we see discipline as simply correcting something that was wrong. Sometimes we think that's all discipline is, but it goes so much further than that. As a matter of fact, Wikipedia defines discipline as a systematic instruction given to a disciple. A systematic instruction given to a disciple. So when you really look at the the big definition of discipline, it has so much more to do with instruction and so much less to do with just simply correcting something that's wrong. Because instruction goes so much further. In other words, you can kind of feel where I'm going with this, that when God disciplines us, He's instructing us. He's helping us to become better people. As a matter of fact, there's, there's a verse I want to reference really quick. It's found in Job chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Blessed is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. And that's one of many scriptures that says discipline is not a bad thing. When I was called into the principal's office that day, all I was thinking is, this is so bad. But when it comes from God, and it's discipline from the Almighty, it's different. We can be reminded of the story of David, which is my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, is, is the story of David. And one of, one of the most notorious stories that we can remember of David is his sin with Bathsheba and Bathsheba. It was soon after that that this discipline, this kind of calling from God was given through a man named Nathan where he sat in front of David and began to describe to him what he's become. And it was in that moment that we can kind of look at it with our meeting uh, appearance, kind of going with the theme of a meeting. It was almost like God was calling David into his office. It was almost like through that moment that God was saying to David, David, we need to meet. We need to talk. We need to sit down. You need to come to my office and we need to figure this thing out. I need to explain some things to you. I need to instruct you. And it was in that moment that David would feel a tug in his heart that was so strong and so powerful. And many of us probably have had those same type of feelings. Maybe we're in some sort of sin or we've been making wrong decisions. We've been watching or doing things that we know have been wrong and we would feel that tug in our heart. And all that is simply is, is God saying... You need to come to my office. We need to talk about something. You need my discipline. And it's only for the better of us. So discipline is simply this. It's when God calls us into his office for instruction. Discipline. A disciplinary meeting. The second meeting with God that is a primary one is a desperate meeting. A desperate meeting. I'll never forget, an interning in Ohio, I... I was interning with the youth pastor that I grew up with, and um, I'll never forget my first message to the students. As I was an intern with the youth group there, and I prepared—you know—I put my million hours and I, I reviewed it like forty times just to make sure that the sermon was perfect. And I forget getting in front of the students and kind of feeling so comfortable with it. But I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get really hard on myself with with simple little things. I just get really hard on myself, and. And so during this message, I, I fumbled through a couple words. I stuttered a couple times. And, and afterwards, I just felt so mad at myself. And I felt so down and so, man, I, I wish I would have done this differently. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I'll never forget that night when all the students left and, and I just kept, I just felt so down. I walked into my youth pastor's office and I said, Can we talk? I just, I feel terrible. And God bless his soul, we probably talked for two hours. And I look back now and it was like, that was so silly to take two hours of his time because I was whining about how I did that night. But he cared enough to talk with me for two hours. He cared enough to not only talk with me about what happened, but how to improve in the future and how to become better and how to grow as a person. And there was something so neat about that meeting because when I left that time, when I left that time with him, I didn't feel down, I didn't feel depressed, but I felt happy. I I, I felt okay, I felt not as bad as I did before because I was able to have a meeting with, at that time, was my boss. And I want to let you know today that there's going to be moments in your life that it's like an emergency meeting happens, a desperate meeting is needed, and it's when you run into the office of God and you say, God, I need to talk to you. God, I need to talk to you. I'm going through this. I'm feeling like this. I don't don't know how to handle this, God. I can't do this on my own. We need to talk. Please, talk to me. And we can look at that as a second meeting where God offers us comfort and guidance in those meetings of desperation. Continuing with the story of David, there were so many times David was desperate to meet with God. There were times when people were after him to to kill him. They were threatening his life. In so many instances throughout the Scriptures, and David would walk into God's office and he would meet with Him. And he would pray to God. So the second scenario of a meeting would be simply a desperate meeting where we need to meet with God. We need to meet with God. The third one is this, a designated meeting. A designated meeting. A meeting that is simply scheduled by you to meet with God. There's interesting, me and Pastor Daryl have meetings on a regular basis. And I want to let you know that if we didn't, we would probably not have too much unity in this church, would we? If the youth pastor or the worship leader didn't talk to the senior pastor, we would probably have a lot of issues. (laughs) But that's not the way it is. On a regular basis, we're able to connect. We're able to get on the same page, if you will. And he's able to Teach me, and, and I'm able to ask him questions, and just, just on a regular basis, not even for necessarily a specific reason, but just to get together and be on the same page. And that's exactly how it is with God. It's a scheduled meeting that we get together and we meet with God. Throughout the scriptures, again, using the story of David, it says that, David says that I pray seven times a day, which in that time period meant several times a day I pray. And then David also references in scripture that, that he prays morning, noon, and night. He had a scheduled time to meet with God. And I challenge us today that we need to have a scheduled time to meet with Him. I had this strange addiction that came over me over the last couple of years and it has to do with this little iPhone here. It's, it's an addiction. <laughs> don't get one if you don't have one already. But at the same time, I've kind of used it to my advantage in some ways because I'm able to schedule things a lot more properly and it kind of ticks off reminders because life can get crazy, can't it? I mean, isn't there just so many things that go on and it's, and it's hard sometimes to keep priorities straight in life. And so I've kind of used this to my advantage by simply putting reminders of when I'm supposed to meet with God. I have meeting with Pastor Darrell this day, meeting with so-and-so that day, meeting with God. And I would encourage you to do the same. It doesn't have to be on an iPhone, obviously, but however you set your schedules, do you schedule the time to meet with Him? Do we meet with God on a regular basis? Do we get on the same page? Because if you don't, just like the unity of this church would break, if me and Pastor Darrell didn't meet, the unity between you and God will slowly fade away if you never talk to Him, if you never meet with Him. So I encourage you to designate meetings with God so we can see these three primary purposes of meeting with Him. Times where He calls us in, times where we walk into His office, and then designated moments where we just simply meet with God we're all Christians, right? For the most part, I I would assume that many of us in this room are Christians. So we pray, right? We meet with God, right? I find it interesting in in our youth ministry as as, uh, I was studying for different things, I've come to the understanding that some people just don't really know what to do in a prayer time. I mean, we we see prayer as just asking all these questions, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? There's more to it than that. And so we can kind of see the purpose and we can understand the reasons for prayer. And I can ask you the question, where is your place with God? Where do you meet with God? Where is God's office for you? Because there needs to be a place, a lonely place, as the Scripture says, that we get alone with God. It's great to have church. It's awesome to come here and fellowship and worship together, declaring His goodness and praise. But there needs to be a time, a lonely place, and a lone place, where it's just us and God. We can see why we need to pray. And I've asked you where you pray, but what do you do when you pray? What do you do in those moments? Me and Pastor Fred have a secret place. called the golf course. Don't judge my swing. Me and Pastor Fred love to go golfing, and many times we talk about ministry and different things, but for the most part, we talk about golf. But there's something interesting about golf. I've discovered as I've played it, and I've studied it a little bit, that golf is approximately 10% physical. And 90% mental. So you have a game that makes billions of dollars around the world. People sell clubs for hundreds of dollars. They sell books and magazines with the billions of dollars of revenue coming in. And the reality of the game is that 90% of it takes place in the mind. You could play chess for a lot cheaper than that. But there's something interesting about golf that kind of reminded me about our prayer life. That's why I'm sharing it with you this morning, is that we can have the physical part of prayer down. We can have the look of prayer. We can cross our hands. We can get on our knees. We can get in a position of prayer. But what I've realized as a Christian is that there's a lot of times where I'll get in a place of prayer. I have the 10% physical down, yet my mind is all over the place. And I can pray to God for a couple minutes, but it's almost like, oh, but I have to do this, and oh, I have to do this, and I have to do that. And that 90% of what is supposed to be happening between us and God turns into kind of this thinking fiasco because there's so many things going on in our life. And the reason I want to challenge us with something today is I want to see our golf swing hit the targets. And when it comes to prayer, there is sometimes, and I'm not saying in every case, but there are some times where people are going up, getting ready to swing. They have the physical things in place. But we're not praying. We're not thinking about God. We're not focusing and meditating on God. We're not even meeting with God sometimes. And sometimes if we really look back, when is the last time that you met with God? Not before a meal, not just for a regular occasion, but between you and Him. And what I've come up with for me and, me and my wife, actually, we came up with kind of a neat thing, kind of an outline for prayer, if you will. Now, I'm not saying that you have to use this outline every time you pray. Please do not get me wrong right from the start. But it is good sometimes to have an outline. I, if you ask the youth leaders, they'll tell you right off the bat, I am a complete nerd when it comes to our meetings because I have notes and outlines. I say when we're going to eat. I say what we're going to talk about. I say how we're going to conclude. In the notes, I'm a complete nerd. But it helps us keep on track. And at the end of the meeting, I can say this was a successful meeting because we accomplished everything we needed to accomplish. And that doesn't always happen. How many people have been in a pointless meeting? A meeting that you just talk and talk and talk, and at the end, nothing actually gets done. Ah, it frustrates me. I can admit that right off the bat. And so with that, I really felt that as uh, me and Rebecca put this together, that this was a God-ordained thing. Just, just even if it's something to think about, maybe if there's even parts of this outline that, that could be used in your prayer life that you could just take simple advantage of it. I'm going to go ahead and start with this. And this is kind of how we came up with it. It's kind of fun. Pastor Darrell introduced several, several months ago this devotional called SOAP. Soap. It's basically helping you take what you're reading in the Bible and apply it to your life. And so what me and Rebecca kind of came up with was uh, shampoo. Yeah, we're we're clever. We came up with shampoo, and we thought if we're going to focus on our Bible reading and our Scripture reading and getting into God's Word, we should also have something that helps us outline prayer. So if you would take notes on this, because I love notes, I would encourage you to write some of this stuff down. We're going to go through this very practical and very basic outline on prayer. So starting with the S of shampoo is the simple word start. Somebody say start. Start, start is an interesting word because it does, you may think, well, what, is, what are you actually doing during the start period? Well, you're starting. Because there's so many times in, in our lives where we set a time maybe even to pray and we get in that moment, but we never actually start. And so what I really want to encourage us to do is get in the mode and actually Begin to pray. Not say, oh, uh, maybe I'll, I'll do this this afternoon, that'd be better. Or maybe I'll uh, do it tonight, that'll be better. Or tomorrow morning, that'll be better. Start. <laughs> just start. It's very simple. So the first point is very practical, it's start. And the second is this, heart. Heart. I don't know about you, but when I begin a prayer time, and there is something, maybe a sin, or maybe a thought, or maybe that's just something that is in my mind that is that is just, shouldn't be there, it almost feels like there's a wall between me and God. I'll begin to pray and it's if if I'm praying to a wall. And so what I simply do and what I would encourage you to do in your prayer life is as you begin to pray, simply ask God, would you search my heart? And it even says that in Scripture, would you search my heart? And it's amazing what things may come up, what God may kind of put a magnifying glass to in your life. And it's in those instances where maybe you even feel that wall or that separation from Him that you're able to just say, God, would You purify my heart? Would You forgive my sin? And as we know, He is faithful and and and, and just (laughs) to forgive our sin. Am I right? And it even says in the Bible that He makes us white as snow. Righteous. And so what a a better way to start than to simply ask God, would you forgive my sin, purify my heart? And it's almost like there's just an opening of a connection between you and God when that happens. Let's continue on to the next, which is appreciate. Appreciate. Now I know a lot of people, when they think of prayer, all they think of is asking for things. And some people in their prayer time, that's what they simply do, is they go and they ask God for this, 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 and this, and then they walk away. But I would challenge you with something different. Take time in your prayer life to appreciate God. There's something that happened to me the first time I did this. When when we first kind of put this together and I was thinking and praying through it, I was like, this is kind of corny. Maybe we shouldn't do it. And then I began to do it myself. And I said, you know what, God? I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my car. I thank you for my golf clubs. I thank you for my couch. I can sit on a couch and I can put my feet up. I thank you for a house that has air conditioning when it's hot outside and it has heating when it's cold outside. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you. And it's amazing what happens when you begin to throw out specifics of how blessed you are are. It's almost overwhelming when you really think about it and you really go down a list saying, God, thank you. And, I, and sometimes I repeat it. I'll repeat it every time. I'll repeat a lot of the same things every time. And, and it's amazing, they still stir up my heart in thanksgiving for God because we realized how blessed we are. And it's almost like a, a personal one-on-one worship service during those moments where you're just like, God, thank you for this. Lord, I don't ever want to take things for granted, and I encourage you to never take things for granted, but thank God for everything and in, in detail. Some people say, well, God already knows. Why would I even tell Him? Well, it's your birthday next month. I have a gift for you, but why don't I just not give it to you? What? That doesn't make any sense. God wants to hear from us. Thanksgiving and blessing, and let's be detailed about it. Let's be specific and appreciate God for all He's done. For us we continue on to the next word which is meditate meditate a lot of times in these moments where you're thanking God for things and if there's just an overwhelming feeling of Thanksgiving it's so neat to be able to just stop because there's times in our lives when we just need to stop stop checking your cell phones stop looking at our clocks and meditate because so so many times throughout Scripture, God says that He speaks through a still small voice. And if we would only give Him the chance, maybe He's speaking to us. Sometimes things get so loud and overwhelming, and there's all these things, we appointments and meetings and things we have to get to, and it so overcompasses what God is trying to say. And if we would just, even for a moment, even during this time, this meeting with God, clear all those things out. There's so many times where God will speak to your heart. Meditate for even just a minute. Let yourself just be in silence. It doesn't have to be for three hours. It can be for just a couple minutes, but it's amazing what can happen in just those few minutes. The next one is present. Present. This is kind of the cliche, what a lot of people think is prayer time. But it's simply where we do ask for certain things. And it's interesting that the Goodman sins mentioned, would you pray for us? That's what you said. Would you pray for us? How many times do we hear, would you pray for us? Or how many times do we say, I will pray for you, and we don't? I've done it. I'm speaking out of experience, and I think back, how many times did I say to somebody, man, I'm going to be praying for you. And the thought doesn't even cross your mind afterwards. God, would you forgive us? Because it's in these moments where we present that we can also get specific. That we can say, God, I pray for the Goodmansons and their ministry in the Dominican Republic. Lord, I pray for this. I pray for that. I pray for specific things in your life because we all have things, right? Right? We all have things that need to be prayed for. You may just start with the things that are, that are closest to you and on your heart, family members and such. But as you begin to branch out, present those things to God. Present those things to God. Your struggles, your problems, your everything, present it to Him. And then that continues on to the next one, which is offer. Offer. Because all too many times, We ask God for things and we put them out there. We present them to Him. But then we kind of pull them back into our pockets and we walk away with them. Rather than presenting them to God and leaving Him with them. Because God doesn't want us just to ask Him for things and then just take it back into our own hands. He wants us to ask Him for things and trust Him with them. God doesn't just want us to to take things under our own shoulders. What we're doing in these moments is it's almost as if when we're giving these things to God, we're pulling it off our shoulders and onto His because He's already victorious. He's already the champion. He's already won. And what we're really saying in this portion of the outline, when we say offer, we're just saying, God, I trust You with this. God, I I can't take this anymore. I present this to you, and I offer it to you to keep. And I trust you above myself, above everything. I trust you. And then you simply conclude with the last O, which is open. Which is open. I just feel like so many times in prayer we, we say in Jesus' name we pray, amen, and we walk away, and it's as if nothing happened. It's like, okay, we did our time, now we go on with our lives regularly. But the challenge I want to present to everyone today is to leave open. Of course, you can say in Jesus' name I pray, amen, so be it, absolutely. But rather than leaving that moment there, take it with you throughout throughout the day. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've prayed things in the morning, and throughout the day, it's almost as if those prayers are continuing to walk with me. It's almost, the replic- it's almost exactly what Jesus is saying, or what the Bible is saying when it says to pray continuously or pray without ceasing. It's almost as if that moment when you say, In Jesus' name I pray, Amen, that you walk away with that prayer walking with you, with your faith walking with you, with the things that you prayed walking with you throughout the day. Sometimes it's challenging you. Many times in high school, I I prayed, God, I pray that you would, Lord, that you would touch my mind throughout the day. Help help my eyes to see only what you want me to see. Help my ears to hear only what you want me to hear. And that day, something will come on the radio. Oh, this is a really cool song, and I'll feel God spark my heart. Help me to hear only what you want me to hear. I'll turn it off for that. (laughs) When that prayer continues to walk with you, when the Spirit continues to walk with you throughout the day, Now, it's interesting in golf because you can have, there's so many different swings out there, but a lot of times there's guidelines for the game of golf. People will look at a basic guideline and say, oh, you got to do this, 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 and this, and you'll have a pretty decent swing. But not everybody uses those specific guidelines. Sometimes people, like if you're into golf, Jim Furyk, if you ever heard that name, has the weirdest swing I've ever seen. Yet he can hit more greens, than a lot of the players on the, on the tour because he's got an amazing shot. He made what works for him work for the game. So when I, when I present this outline, I'm not saying if you don't do this, you haven't prayed. Please don't get me wrong. There's people with different swings, with different styles, with different ideas, but I want, us to, I want to encourage us with this. Make sure we're hitting the target. Make sure our minds are aligned and we're focused in on what God is doing in our prayer. That it is completely between us and Him. I'm a complete nerd when it comes to notes during our meetings, especially at youth leaders' meetings. But there's some days where I don't have any notes. Where it's simply, what do we need to talk about? What do we need to deal with in our youth ministry? And we just simply go about it like that. And there's going to be some days in your prayer life where you're not thinking about shampoo or soap or anything like it but you just simply meet with God. And things just begin to come out and things begin to stir. And the point and the emphasis that I'm trying to make is that it's not about just the notes, it's about meeting with Him. I can remember a time in my life where it was a, a disciplinary scenario and, and it just so happens that it was on the golf course and I, and I just made this certain stroke and I put it and it went way right. Darn that ball for going right. Right? And I put it in the woods and it was so frustrating and I, I walked out to my ball. So mad. And some certain things came to mind and some certain things came under my breath that just weren't me. And it's interesting because the moment it came out, it was as if, it was as if God was tugging on my heart instantly saying, Jonathan, you need to meet in my office right now. And immediately me and God had a meeting in the woods at the golf course. And I said, God, I am so sorry. Lord, would you forgive me? That was so selfish. That was so stupid. And I'm sorry. And it's amazing that after that brief meeting, I started to play so much better. It was pretty cool, actually. It was almost as if God was like helping me out there a little bit. I can remember times in my life that it was for desperate meetings with God. I remember one specific desperate meeting with God when I just got off the phone. I was in the car driving. I just got off the phone with my dad when my mom was in surgery for her cancer. She was getting cancer removed from inside of her face. And and I'll never forget getting off that phone call because my dad said, Jonathan, I have some really bad news that there's more cancer than they thought would be there. And they actually ended up having to remove her eye and their they're continuing to remove more from her face because the cancer has attached itself in so many places. And I'll never forget hanging up that phone and being so mad at God. I was so frustrated because I asked God to heal my mom. I asked God to clear that cancer and it was still there. And now the doctors are doing surgery on her and removing her eye, God, where were you? Some of us have been there. God, where were you? And it was almost as if I ran into God's office and I was yelling at, it to, I was yelling at Him to His face. God, how could this happen? How could you let this happen? And it was amazing the meeting that occurred in my little Nissan Altima that day as I was punching my steering wheel, so frustrated and so mad, I felt the peace of God come into that car. A moment that was completely over-the-top angry became peaceful and still. And it was almost as if God was comforting me and guiding me and teaching me right there in the car. Have you ever had a moment like that with God? Where He just spoke to your heart and you could feel and you could sense His presence. I'll never forget just a designated moment that I had with God a regular meeting, just an everyday meeting that I had with Him. And I went in there just doing my regular prayer routine and God met me there. I felt His power so strong. I don't, it's hard to even explain. It's hard to even teach. What, what do you, how can you teach God's presence? I felt His power so strong in that room. I literally went to my face and I just began to cry. I am a little girl when I pray. I am. I cry like crazy. And there was something about that moment. I, just, I, I, I was on the floor and I was crying out to God and it was almost as if I couldn't even get low enough. I felt His presence so strong. Have you ever had a moment like that with God? When was the last time that you met with God? I'm not just talking about the regular go by the breeze prayer. I'm talking about when was the last time that you went into His office and you shut the door and you met with the Almighty. Jesus went to the lonely places And he met with his father. Jesus went to the mountainsides. He went to the desert. Where is his office for you? And have you been there often? Because if Jesus, who is God, did this, how much more should we? How much more should we meet with God? How much more should it be a burden on our heart? to have the most important meeting that we could ever have. We have so many different priorities in our lives. We have so many meetings, so many appointments, so many things that we need to do. And we make time for them. We put them in our calendar. And we make them happen. But we don't make meetings with God happen. I really felt this challenge so strongly in my heart as Pastor Daryl asked me to preach. Because I believe it's for us. And to be perfectly honest with you, it was for me. Even in the heart of a pastor, even in full-time ministry, there's times that we get so consumed with everything else, all the things that are involved with it, that we forget meeting with God. I've prayed about sermons, I've prayed about worship sets, I've prayed about, and God challenged me this week, to meet with Him. And I believe He's challenging us as a church, as individuals, to meet with Him. I'm going to pray in just a second, but what I would encourage us to do, we're not going to have necessarily an altar time or anything like this, but, but what I would encourage you to do is take out your iPhones or your calendars, maybe not in the physical, but maybe even in your mind even right now, just Can you make a place and a time that you're going to meet with God next? And can we do something, can we start making this routine in our lives that it's not just whenever we have time or whenever we feel like it, but it's on our calendars, it's on our agendas, we're meeting with God at this time. Because I guarantee you, if you feel close with God now, that's awesome. But when you start meeting with God on a regular basis, that will start changing your life in such a way where you'll feel so close to Him, just like I can feel close with Pastor Darrell, and we can be on the same page, and we can know where we're going as a church. You can be on the same page with God and know where you're going in your future and knowing that He's got his, your life in His hands because you meet with Him, and you know Him, and He knows you. And let me challenge you today that Jesus says that He stands at the door and knocks. So it's not one of those people that are going to just bail on you. I don't know if you have ever known one of those people that don't show up at appointments, but God won't do that. (laughs) He'll be there. And so I challenge us in this way, in some way, shape, or form, over these next few minutes, where's the place going to be? Where is the time going to be? Because it needs to happen. We need to get to those lonely places and meet with God. Let's pray this morning. Father, Lord, we receive this challenge. God, we have a basic outline and that's great and dandy, but God, the most important thing is that we meet with You. And Lord, I pray that this conviction would stay within all of our hearts, God. Lord, that we would not forget the importance of meeting with you. Lord, that when you call us into your office, God, I pray that we would quickly move to it. God, when, when we need to talk, when we are crying out in life, Lord God, that we would make our way to your office. And God, on a regular basis, no matter what is going on that week, no matter how many things conflict, God, I pray that we would make time to meet with you. And Lord, I ask you in these moments, Lord God, that we would stay true to our commitments. We would get our priorities straight and our priorities set to meet with the Almighty, to meet with you, to meet with the King, with the boss this week, God. And for the rest of our days, Lord God, may we not forget the importance of the secret place, the importance of the lonely place, the importance of meeting with you. Lord, we thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.